Welcome to I'm Telling, where we have real stories from real students. Our podcast features students from South Mountain Community College Storytelling Institute, located in Phoenix, Arizona. These stories are recorded live in a classroom setting with just one take. My whole life, I have just been, I don't want to say obsessed, but I've just been surrounded by spooky, spooky things, the phenomenal, ghost stories, the apparitions. It's just followed me around my whole life, and I, I just think, well, maybe that's normal. But then I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's not normal, so I've got to blame it on somebody. So I'm going to blame it on my family. <laughs> my family, God bless them. My family, Italians and the Irish, we're not going to include the Germans. The Italian side of the family, Brooklyn, New York. If you go into their homes, my grandmother and grandfather, it's filled with religious icons, Catholic saints, medals, rosary beads, and of course, the giant picture of Jesus that follows you around the room with its eyes wherever you go. And then there's my grandfather. My grandfather, when he was a little boy, he would tell this story about him being a little boy over and over again. He lived in Coney Island, and he had to work when they were little kids. And he would come home late at night, and he'd have to walk past the dead tree. And he would look at that tree, and he'd walk past the dead tree. And then suddenly, over his shoulder, he could feel this crackling. And he'd turn back and see sparks coming from the dead tree. And then suddenly he'd move faster, and he could feel the dead tree burst into flames and come flying after him. He loved that story. <laughs> and then there was my grandmother, who used to put my brother and I up in the bedroom with the spooky Jesus picture. And we'd be giggling our heads off, and all of a sudden you could hear her yelling from the bottom of the stairwell, you two had better behave, or Metzakalila, the man with half an ass, is going to come up there and get you. <laughs> and then there was my Irish grandmother, Nora. Her maiden name was Fogarty. She lived right next to me as I was growing up in a big rambling house that my family had built. And I would go over to the house all the time, and I'd walk through the house and check out everything in the house. And of course, I would find, again, rosary beads, but I'd find bottles of holy water all around the house. And she made sure to tell me that that holy water had been blessed by Irish priests because Irish priests have special powers over evil and the devil. And my grandmother, every time there was a funeral, my grandmother went. And I would watch her in the house. She'd put on the black dress. She'd put on those thick black shoes. And I'd watch her as she made her way up the steep hill all the way to the top where the bus came. It would take her to the funeral home. So one day I said, Grandma, Grandma, why do you go to all these funerals? You don't even know half these people. And she looked at me and she said, prayers must be said. Prayers must be said over the dead until they Go, because the devil is waiting there to snatch their soul. The devil. The devil. I didn't think much about the devil until my senior year in high school. 
and out came The Exorcist. Now, I had read the book. I wasn't supposed to read the book. I think it was banned by the Catholic Church, but who cared? <laughs> December 26th, 1973 was the opening date of The Exorcist. Of course, we in Phoenix didn't get The Exorcist till two weeks later. But on TV, after that opening night, you would see these people coming out of the theater, and they were just weeping and crying and fainting. There was heart attacks, and the lines kept wrapping around the theaters for more people to go see it. So of course, I had to go see it. <laughs> so two weeks later, opening night, first show, my friends and I decided we're going to go. Well, I got them all to go, and they had to come. So we all piled into my blue Plymouth bomb after ditching our first period class at Alhambra High School. And we drove up to the Bethany Theater, 23rd Avenue and Bethany Home Road. At that time in Phoenix, it was the biggest theater there was, maybe except for the Seneca Prix. And that's where all the first showings came to. We got out of the car. Tickets went on sale at 10 o'clock. We waited in line. It was a long line. But we got our tickets. And we had them in hand. We all met up again that night. We got in line, and the line wrapped around the big Bethany Theater. And then we got into the theater, and it took a long time to get all those people into the theater. And we sat down in the seats, and by time it filled, you could just feel this anticipation, and just people going, OK, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? OK, we're ready. And then it started. And I'm watching the screen. And in that first scene, at the end of it, you see this, this lanky old man. You see him. He's climbing up this hill. And in his hand, he had excavated a, a Talmud. I guess that's what you would call it. And he knew it was evil because he was an exorcist. And he climbed up the hill, and suddenly you saw Across from him, this image appeared. It, it was a statue of a, of a devil named Juju. And they faced off each other. And the exorcist looked at Juju. And you could tell from the look on his face that he knew something bad was going to happen. Because he had faced the devil before and won. This time, who knew? And then it started. Suddenly, we shift over to a little girl who had been playing with a Ouija board. And then suddenly, you began to see how she began, the possession began taking her over. And it slowly took her over. And the strange things started happening. And the theater audience, you could hear these sobs and stuff going on. And I'm just, I am just, I'm just glued. I'm OK. Nothing going on with me. I am glued to that screen. I am watching that screen. What's going on? And then suddenly, as it started getting really bad, it breaks. And you see this it's nightfall, and you see this image of a man coming out of a cab. And it's a tall, lanky man, and he's got this brimmed hat on, and he's got his briefcase. And he's enveloped in a pool of light from the street lamp above him. And you see him looking up to the window. And then you see him walk forward. And then it starts. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> the exorcism begins, and God knows, it's just, ah. and the whole audience is like, ah, ah, ah. 
and I am just transfixed. I'm okay. I am watching, except for the fact that both of my arms feel like they're being ripped off by my friends who are so scared and panicked that they've got to grab onto something. Oh. And finally, it ends. And I'm okay. But the rest of the theater isn't. <laughs> And there's people are weeping, and a couple of people had fainted, and, and my <laughs> friends had got up, and they're just, and they're leaving, and they're, and I'm like, okay, it's a, the mental home is over there, is it all right? Oh, God. But I got up, and I slowly walked out to my car, and I saw it in the parking lot, because there was this big stream of light coming down from the street lamp on top of it. <laughs> I got into my car, because I was okay. I didn't even look over my shoulder. And I start driving. I leave the parking lot. I get to the first street light, which is at the freeway. And suddenly I see her. She's right there, right above me. And her head is starting to spin like it did when she was getting exercise. And I'm like, OK, I'm breathing. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for our sinners now at the hour of death. Amen. Street light changes. I move forward. <laughs> the car is going. I'm pretty close to home. I'm close. And there's another street light. Oh, shh. Okay, we got to stop. She's over on this side now. <laughs> she's up there, and she starts spinning and spinning and spinning. And I'm like, oh, my God. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord, with you. Oh, Mary, run, I get into my parking lot, my driveway at my house, and I bolt out of my car. I go to the door. I'm fumbling. I get into the house. I run to my room. I turn the lights on. And then I get my stuff. The crucifix. My rosary beads. My scapula, which is thing this Catholic have with the two saints on one side and the other side, you wear around your neck. I don't know why. My communion Bible, my communion veil, my brother's communion Bible, and my bottle of holy water, consecrated by an Irish priest. I put everything on my nightstand. It's right there. I get into my bed with my clothes on. I pull the covers up over my head, and I leave the lights on. Now, I know quite a few times through that night, my mother heard, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. <laughs> and two nights of that, my mother decided to get me some help. Very close friend of the family, Father Todd O'Day. He was an Irish priest. <laughs> And he came through the door, and I saw him, and I actually wept a little bit. And he looked at me, and he was like, oh, oh Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. No, 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 no. No. Have no fear. Have no fear, dear. You have too much light in you for the devil to even get near you. The devil wants to steal your light and anybody else's light so he can get to you. But that's never going to happen to you. All you have to do is say your prayers and let the light that's inside you, just let that light come forth because you are safe. You are protected. And I, I listened to him, and I was 
I was getting calmer and calmer and calmer. And I knew, and I knew that he was right. And I knew that he, I was safe. So as I journeyed through my life to get to here, I kept finding myself being submerged in the darkest of places and having to shine my light so people could see. And some of those places were really bad. But I wasn't afraid to go there like many other people were. And finally, I came to a place where I am now. And I work in a house of hospitality for people who are experiencing homelessness, experiencing poverty. It's probably in the roughest place you could possibly be in Phoenix. The streets are the roughest that there are in Phoenix. And if you go out there, at least to me, I can, just, I can just feel the evil permeating the streets. Because the souls that have to live on those streets and sleep on those streets are so battered down that they're prey. But once they come through our doors of this big building, they're safe. They can come inside, and the place is so full of light. The light from the volunteers, the light from the staff, the light from the priests, and yes, the light from the guests, that they have a chance to relax and be calm and let a little more of their light out. So all I can say to you is, as you go through your lives, and you feel that, okay, I'm feeling a little evil over here. Throw out a few prayers. Let that light that's in all of us, in you, come out. And, you know, if you feel like it, fling a little holy water. <laughs> but make sure it's consecrated by an Irish priest. If you are interested in learning how to become a storyteller, please visit our website at southmountaincc.edu forward slash storytelling.